Hello, welcome to the Key Hire uh, live stream for uh, human capital for small business. I'm your host, Corey Harlock and creator of Key Hire. Uh, welcome. Uh, today we're talking, we have a great topic today. Uh, it's going to be uh, a conversation with uh, an industry expert on marketing about how to market your brand to attract people in this crazy uh, competitive market. Uh, I'm your host, Corey Harlock and creator of Key Hire. Uh, some brief notes on Key Hire. We are where consulting meets acquisitions. We work with small businesses to uh, do anything from upgrade uh, a leadership role you might have in your business to bring capacity or experience. The bulk of the work we do is helping uh, working with business owners to create new roles, leadership roles within their, their company. How do they fit into the organization? How do those new reporting lines look? How do we communicate that change throughout the organization? And then the final, the, the, the other end of that is complete human capital plans. Here's our current state business. We're at $5 million. We want to do 15. How does the organization need to look at $15 million? And then we put that action plan together. What new roles do we need to plug in and develop, acquire that talent, plug it in? And how does your organization change as you go? A few notes for today. Uh, if you have any questions, please put them in the chat box. We'd love to hear from you and know what you think. Uh, other than that, enjoy. We're going to have a 15-minute conversation with our guest, Carolyn Lighty. And then I'll take uh, 15 minutes afterwards and answer any questions. So I'd like to welcome uh, Carolyn Lighty to our live stream here today. Carolyn is a uh, marketing consultant extraordinaire. Uh, I had the pleasure. We worked together, was it two years ago? About two, almost two years, yeah. Yeah, we had the pleasure of working with Carolyn about two years ago, and a couple things things struck me about you. Um, number one, you just have this kind, warm uh, heart and spirit about you, and I enjoyed that. Uh, number two, you are wicked smart, <laughs> and number three, you are probably the most determined, one of the most determined people uh, I've ever met to to get things done and push things through and do things the right way. You fight for what's right. So, welcome. Thank you so much, Corey. Those are great words. And I didn't even have to pay you for that. No, you didn't. That's all free, <laughs> free advertising. But Thank it's you. so nice to catch up with you. So, I mean, yeah. I really want to I really want to pick your brain today about um, employee or employer branding in uh -huh. this kind of recruiting space. I think, you know, in our, in our when we were talking just earlier, you said marketing's marketing. And I think mm -hmm. that's right. You, we need to differentiate. Um, the quote I've been using a lot is, you know, we're, this is like the housing market of 12 months ago, low inventory, bidding wars. How do you differentiate yourself? Because there's competition for everything that's going on. Absolutely. It definitely is a candidate's market right now. So, yeah. you know, the, the oyster is yours for the asking, right? The world is sure. yours and so forth. Um, and the, the companies that are out looking for top talent really need to understand how competitive it is and how to differentiate themselves so that they can stand out. And I think a lot of people are just assuming, eh, well, it'll be fine. Just do it the way you are. Like, how long can this, how long can this position stay empty, right? We're gonna find someone eventually. But I wanna I wanna start at the beginning. So mm -hmm. you and I worked together two years ago. I'm gonna tap into your your memory, your long-term memory here. <laughs> but, you know, um, we key hire is modeled after uh, outbound marketing, right? That whole target, engage, hire, specific go after the people that don't advertise to everyone and hope someone buys your 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 product, but 
advertise to the people you know are interested in your product. Mm -hmm. And just, it's always neat for people to get the other side of that story. You know, what was your, what stood out or what are the kind of top one or two things that stood out when we worked together that may have struck you as, hey, this is different than what I've seen in the past? Well, it's interesting. And I don't think I shared with you the fact that way early in my career, I actually worked for a recruiting firm in New York City. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. Yeah. And so, and that kind of, I don't know if it tainted my opinion of working with recruiters or not, but even from back then, any recruiter, you know, it just seemed like uh, the candidate was a commodity, right? Uh, to be sold for that commission or fee that they were going to get. In talking to you instantly, I felt that you were authentic. You were very genuine, very engaging. And I really felt that you really cared about me as much as you cared about your client. Um, and that's not something that you see a lot of. So that stood out for me. Awesome. And, and just some background on that, you know, because we don't work with fees, and, and you're right, that agency model is, mm -hmm. is not genuine because when, when, the client's main objective is to get the best person and the agency's main objective is to fill a role and get paid. Right. There, I've always found there was a gap there and I come from, I used to own an agency and I, I always, it just never sit right with me. And I, I've always said there are a lot of people out there given, you know, part of what I do a real bad name. And I mm -hmm. fight really hard every day to kind of overcome that and say, no, 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 this, it doesn't have to be like that. Um, well, you, you definitely did that with me. Not to mention that your vetting process, the questions that you asked me, I'm going to be honest, they were some of the hardest, but only because I hadn't really looked at how to present my intrinsic value as well as the quantifiable value that companies look for. So you made me do some soul searching and, and I appreciated that. I, really yeah, but, I mean, and that's super valuable for, for from my side, because I'm looking at culture fit too, right? Not just skills. Mm -hmm. And I think that was... Um, that's a differentiator as well, because we take time to create those custom interview guides around exactly that. It's not just skills, but it's got to be culture fit. I mean, you joined a small company and when you join a small company, if there are you know five people on that leadership team and we put a new person on there, that is you know 18% of the culture being represented by that individual. Sure. And it's got to be a good fit. Yeah, synergy is is very important, especially in those leadership roles. But even on the other levels, you know, if everyone isn't working and running in the same direction or rowing in the same in the same direction, um, and able to to communicate, you know, and, and understand how to work together, it's just not going to work. Very cool. Okay, so let's tap into your marketing brain here. Okay. Um, Matt, what did we have here next? I just want to make sure I ask the right one. So yeah, how can small business owners leverage marketing practices to better engage and acquire talent? So uh, that's a real fancy way of saying, you know, for people that are listening and thinking, okay, it's I, I'm, I'm buying into this being a tight market. I'm, I'm not just going to sit here and, and think, we'll do this you know, definition of insanity, right? Do the same thing, get the same result. What kind of interesting marketing techniques or philosophies do you think would benefit a small business owner when they're trying to differentiate themselves in a tight market? I think it starts with an evolution of their thought process. Um, often a corporation or a company, small company has a job description and then they want to publish the job description. Well, how many other millions of companies are publishing job descriptions for something similar or the same thing? Um, what's important in, in this market where candidates are more savvy 
and they're looking for the human side of your business, your differentiators. You know, what are your are you are you inclusive, um, work life balance? You know, community. You know, heart for the community. These are the types of things that the current candidates are looking for to make sure that this is a fit for them in terms of their morals and the things that are important to them and helping them to achieve their goals. So, how do you find those people? So, instead of looking at the job description in marketing, we create personas, right? Inbound marketing, outbound marketing, everywhere. You're, you're creating a persona. Who is your target? And I submit that or I recommend that, you know, start to create these personas. You know, what are the interests of this type of person? What drives their interests? What are their goals? How does my company fit there with what their aspirations are? Um, understanding exactly who you're targeting and creating those personas helps you develop the messaging that's going to be a differentiator. Um, and I think that that's the way I would definitely approach that is beginning with that process. So I have about a million thoughts, but so uh, we do <laughs> something similar to that with our avatar building, right? That the personas, I'm a big believer in the personas mm -hmm. and, and the, you reference job descriptions, which are my favorite. I call them, I, I call them wish lists, right? Because people create a job description you're like, Oh, and if they could do this, Oh yeah. And if they could do this and this, and then the problem with that is people look at it and go, well, I can't, I can only do like 60% of the stuff on this job description. So I won't, I won't even apply uh -huh. because meanwhile, they're ideal, but you've just thrown so much stuff against the wall. I hope something sticks, right? Right. So these personas, um, other than calling you and saying, hey, Carolyn, we'd like to hire you to help us develop personas. Uh -huh. uh, it, where, where, would, where would a business owner go to get this information or oh, how would they get started? There's a lot of, I mean, there's so many templates online. You can just search for, you know, persona, persona templates or persona development um, outlines, anything like that. Um, there's one that I think is really cool and very simple that HubSpot actually makes available for free. Right, uh, yeah. And there, it's just a really simple format that they use, and you find out about their buying behavior, their drivers, your influence, what influences them, you know, their communications preferences, which is also important. In this instance, instead of just placing a help wanted or a job, you know, opening ad, you're going to want to be out there with content similar to what you're doing with even these podcasts. Providing content is what's going to move a savvy uh, consumer of information. You know, so a lot of these people have become, you know, very voracious in terms of consuming information. The more information they find out there about you, you know, your visibility equals your viability as a, as a option for them, right? So the more visible you are as a company with your differentiators that speak to me and resonate with me based on that persona, the more you are likely to attract that top talent. So you hit on something huge that, and it was earlier that I just keyed into, but you know, people are looking for more than the job and the, the name on the door. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in your reputation is your best recruiting tool. Mm -hmm. and, and as you know, I'm also a big believer in just the good, the bad, and the ugly, transparency. Mm -hmm. Every job is perfect for someone. Mm -hmm. uh, do you think that sometimes people in the acquisition process or when they get excited about bringing someone on board um, no, let's agree. People will, will gloss over things and make it sound better than they were. Yes, yes. So, you know, what kind of, especially in a marketing sense, what kind of damage does that do? If, if, you know, you advertise a product and then someone gets it and it's not as, as advertised, what kind of damage can that do to a business? 
Well, you've just fueled your turnover. <laughs> if you do that, your turnover ratio must be, you know, way up here if you're doing that. Only in that it's nice to attract, you know, you put the bait out there, you attract, you get, you know, you catch the fish, right? Um, but now the fish is jumping around. How are you going to keep the fish in the boat? How are you yeah. going to do that? Um, and you're not going to be doing that, be able to do that with uh, untruths or a bad reputation. You know, today, especially, you know, on the executive level, um, you've built a brand, a reputation, a personal brand and reputation. Going with a company that, and I'm sorry, I'm jumping into the next question. I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> going into a company that does not have good morals or good business practices is going to affect you just as much as, you know, you would affect them. So in as much as you're interviewing this, being interviewed by the company, you need to interview them and really dig deep, you know, to understand exactly um, where they stand. Okay. So that, that's an interesting point. You said, you know, especially when you're hiring a leader, they consider themselves to have a brand as well. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and we do the, the um, uh, hiring in the key of C And one of those uh, C's is around making sure, you know, we're understanding uh, what is happening with the person on the other side, not running them around, not wasting their time, Uh uh, not leading them on, being truthful all the time. So this, I think there's a switch that can be made there from a business owner to understand, okay, if I'm bringing in this leader um, and I need to do things this way, but if, if, if I think of them as their own brand or their own company within a company, if you will, right? Mm-hmm. And they need to be able to um, give them some latitude mm-hmm. to to be able to do things their way, right? Um, yes, and that oh, boy is that a that's a really good one <laughs> because often I've had to say, um, and, and not too often. Earlier in my career, I remember having a conversation with an executive VP. Um, this is when I was doing telemarketing consulting and I was actually just doing consulting, but a company wanted to hire me full time. I came in, set things up. It was wonderful. It was in jewelry manufacturing, uh, the business. And um, I had this conversation because the executive VP said, well, Carolyn, why don't we just do it this way? It doesn't have to be all that that you've put together. Let's just do it this way. And I had to say, Tom, you hired me because of my expertise in this area and it's working. You know, you're getting these invitations. And now you want me to change it. And I know that what you're off, you're recommending isn't going to work. So we, we had to negotiate that. But often you come in and you're able to develop something as a, as a leader, uh, but you're not allowed to unless you have, you know, kind of the gumption that I have <laughs> to push through. You said you're driven. Get uh, it. You're driven to do it. Do oh, yeah. it right. Right. Yeah. yeah. But So I know you're not a licensed psychologist, but marketers play that role. So oh let me ask you this. What? What switch do you think a, a, an owner would need to flip to to avoid those situations? Or what? How can they act, How can they inquire in a, in a more constructive way if they don't? And do you, man, I'm all over the place. But <laughs> they don't understand what you're doing, or it's not the way they would do it, so they are out of their comfort zone. You know how how can we um, get them just to to relax and say, you know what, I'm going to trust this process. I hired an expert. I'm paying them as an expert. Mm-hmm. I need to let them do what they do. You know, what, what do you think is driving that kind of wanting to get in and be involved? I think it's a combination of things. I think um, 
they often, depending on the size of the company, but I think it may impact any kind of company, um, they have in their mind an expectation of how long they think this should take. So the time frame for de the deliverable often is what drives their, their pushing to say, well, don't worry about that. Um, let's just do this instead, even if that won't work, but at least they feel like they're pushing their agenda. And sometimes they just don't know. I think that if you're coming into an environment where your reputation and credibility and your skill set speaks for itself, sometimes they just need to be convinced. You just might have to just do that. Mm -hmm. um, and I like to also quote uh, third parties. I won't say I believe or mm -hmm. I recommend. I'll say this is why I recommend it, because these are the other reasons. These are the best practices for what I'm recommending. So my kind of human capital brain goes to, and if they weren't confident with the hire in the beginning, if they hired what I often refer to as the best of the worst candidate, mm -hmm. there may already be a seed of doubt there, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like I'm handing over the keys to my sports car to someone and I don't really trust their driving record, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I wonder if that's it too, right? So putting that foundation, getting right back to the beginning of the conversation, right? Having... Uh, putting people through the right process, vetting them correctly, making sure they're a good culture fit, um, asking all the right questions, making sure you have a great reputation and a great brand so you're attracting the best of the best out there, mm -hmm. engaging mm -hmm. in conversations so we can make sure we're, we're, we're confident that the person we're bringing in is, you know, the, the probability of them succeeding is high. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And then, giving them the keys to the car, the sports car and going, I trust. Well, and it's a partnership, you know, it, you know, some, that whole employee employer thing, it, it's, it's a concept that I think needs to evolve as well. When you bring people into your company, you know, there's some folks that are on a very, you know, small businesses that think of it as a family and you know, that that's one way of looking at it, but you can't look at it as employer employee. Because then you're creating this division between you and, and that level of person. And you may even be stifling them. So if you look at it as this is a partnership of some sort, you know, there are different levels and different types of partnerships. But on the executive level, this ex expert that you've brought in should be looked at as your partner and, under, and take ownership. They will take ownership. And just as much as this is your baby, it becomes their baby too. And that's the challenge, right? Because mm -hmm. they work so hard. Okay, so give us. Uh, this has been a, a uh, conversation that's going to be. Give us, give us the big top. Your top kind of one to three takeaways. A small business owner, if they're if they're thinking about going out there and competing in the marketplace, um, personas were one. But you know, give us kind of three bullets that that we could do as a small business owner to kind of improve our opportunity to acquire the people we need in this market. So um, to be a viable option, you need to be visible. So once you develop those personas, you're going to want to understand where they consume their information. So it's not just about advertising your position on a job board. It's about understanding where else they go for information and advertising there. So wherever they are, you want to be there too. So be visible. That would be one thing. Um, the personas is a, is a major one because you can't develop the messaging without having those personas and understand who you're targeting and what their goals are and how you can help them achieve them. Um, and finally, you know, don't be afraid to try something different. You have to differentiate yourself and you have to use different methods of doing that. And a great way to do that is be 
add some humor into into your messaging to kind of let people know that you don't take yourself too seriously sometimes. Yes, I agree. Cool. I agree. All right, we're going to put Matt to the test here, Carolyn. So tell us where we can find you and what we would want to find you for. Okay, well, my website is evolvebrandmarketing.com. Are we going to put that on the screen? You'll bring it up. Keep talking. There we go. Oh, there we go. And there's a link. Yes, I actually. <laughs> Good work, Matt. <laughs> my book is um, it's interesting uh, with the pandemic and the number of, of businesses that closed permanently. I think that also flooded the market with candidates, right? Yeah. Um, but this is a book is about pandemic recovery and it's called Alphabet Soup. And it's kind of an A through Z uh, recipe book. It's being, okay. it's a fun, talk about fun. It's a very humorous book, a very easy read. And it's, it's formatted like an actual recipe book. So it gives you what you need to do. It gives you the ingredients that go into it. For instance, when you're analyzing your internal uh, issues or operation, it tells you how to do that. And then it, it tells you how long it should take you to complete it. And I may even be coming out with an app that will go along. So there will be tools to go with yeah, very cool. So that's coming in the fall. Awesome. Great. Well, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. I'm so happy we connected again and uh, I'll do a better job of keeping in touch. No, this has been great, though. Thank you so much, Corey. And take care, Matt. <laughs> Thank you.